You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Okay, please come with me to John chapter 20. The Gospel of John chapter 20 and we will read from verse 17. Praise the Lord. John 20 verse 17. We'll read from there and we're going to read through to... The next chapter, we may jump a bit if we are permitted. I'd like us to please read together. John twenty seventeen. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. Then Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples she had seen the Lord, and that they had spoken these things to her. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here, and look at my hands, and reach your hand here, and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen, and yet have believed. And truly Jesus did many signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Chapter 21. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way he showed himself. Simon Peter Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and the two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we are going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had come, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any food? They answered him, No. And he said to them, Cast the net 
on the right side of the boat, and you'll find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. We are two weeks from the, from the remembering and the celebration or commemoration of our Lord's resurrection. And after an event like that, after such a significant um, time for us Christians, we have to be very careful so that we don't so quickly leave out all the things that that event is supposed to be for us. Indeed, every day we live, we should celebrate the resurrection. Like we've said, Jesus rose from the dead and Jesus is alive. Praise the Lord. It was news then because he was dead. So he's risen from the dead, but now what? He's alive. He's alive. Praise the Lord. He's alive. He's living. Okay? And you and I are called to be witnesses to that life. The Bible says, if one died for all, then all died. That those who live one should no longer live for themselves, but live for the one who gave himself for us all. And in the past weeks, if you have not, please, um, I, I want to advise us just on the side. If you're a member of this church, I just want to tell you the truth. Do you want me to tell you the truth? Wednesdays are more important than Sundays. That's the simple truth. I'm finding that by experience. It's better you miss Sunday and come on Wednesday. Or if you miss Wednesday for reasons beyond your control, don't miss the messages. But the truth is this, I love you, you know I love you. And I know you love me. The truth is this, Wednesdays are more important. You see, when Jesus was on earth, which people did he tell more truth, deeper truth? Is it the Sunday Sunday people or the people who followed him inside? That's the pattern, that's the spiritual pattern. I found out that the messages on Wednesdays are deeper and they are more of a blessing. We thank God for Sundays. Praise the Lord. So I please I encourage you from the resurrection till last Wednesday, get them. There are some things that the Lord wants you to hear and you'll be blessed indeed in Jesus' name. So we looked at the resurrection, the announcement. We looked at the prophecy. We looked at the pattern. We looked at the patience. And then on Wednesday, we looked at the power of his resurrection. You need to experience that power in Jesus' name. Today we want to glean one or two things that happened so that we don't quickly forget them. And the first thing we want to pick is from verse 17. We see what Jesus was saying to Mary here. He said, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. One of the main reasons the Jews wanted Jesus killed was that he called God Father. This statement he made here was radical, it was revolutionary, it, was, it would have been blasphemy, if not for the resurrection. Because it was when Jesus died that he now went to the Father and said to the Father, These ones who are rebels, these ones who were enemies to you, these ones who were far away, by my blood now, and I'm asking, can they be brought in in my name? From that moment, when you and I approach God, God sees you the same way he sees Jesus. And that's what he said to Mary here. He was saying to Mary, tell them, I am ascending to my father. And when I get there, my father will not just be my father. Before, when he said he will say my father, but he now says my father will be your father. 
And that's why when he was teaching them the prayer for us to pray, he said, pray in this manner, what? Our Father. It was a prayer in advance for a day like this when men like you and I, people like you and I, would have the confidence to approach the holy God, the mighty God. Angels can't approach him. Praise the Lord. They dwell far from him. But you and I can now go to God just like the little child there will go to any parent. The other day, I can't remember, I think it was a Queen's Sunday. One of the mothers was singing. And when the child came in front, all the child wanted was, I want to go and see my mother. They don't care whether you're on stage. They don't care anywhere. It's the right that children have. And entrance have been given to you and I to access the creator of the heavens and the earth as his children. That's what the resurrection did for us. So uh, Jesus said to Mary, tell them. That from now on, God will be your father. Praise the Lord, somebody. And he brought us into a family. And, and uh, the Apostle Paul, Ephesians 3, 14 and 15, begins to tell us about when he prays, that he prays about the family. He said, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 15, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. From that moment, a family, a new family came into being. Pastor Kim praying for this couple said, a new thing has happened. You have become a new family. In Christ, we're a new family. So as we are gathered here today, everyone here is my brother. Everyone here is my sister. Praise the Lord. And if, if I decide that you're not my brother, or if I decide that you're not my sister for reasons, whatever, you know what happens? What do you think happens? Do you cease to be my brother? What happens is this. Have you had, if, you, if you've... Um, been witness to a large family or any situation where two siblings quarrel and one decides that this one is no longer my brother. Now, who remains in the family? Is it the one that says this one is no longer my brother? No. The father maintains the person who is there. You know the parable of the prodigal son who had issues at the end of the day. The one who was lost and came back was with the father who was now far away. It was the one who said, that brother of mine, stupid brother. Now, if you are angry with your brother without a cause, even with a cause, you're the one who separates yourself from the father. So it is wisdom. If you want the father to remain your father, you must love your neighbor. That's what I'm trying to say. Is somebody hearing me? It is in your interest because the father cannot leave him. The father cannot deny his own. You may deny because you don't have that sense of responsibility. You know, I, I saw something in the scriptures some time ago. Our Lord Jesus, when he was um, confronted with the, by the Jews about healing on the Sabbath, he asked them a question. And, you know, before I'd read it, but I, I never done on me that way. He said to them, which of you having one sheep and on the Sabbath day he falls into the ditch will not rescue it? Now, what caught my attention was that he said one sheep. It means that when God looks at each of us, he sees us as the only one he has. That's why he would do anything. The songwriter says there is no mountain, there is no door, there is nothing he won't run through. What? Chasing after me. He sees you as one. He said, which of you have you worship? So I said, Lord, so I am one before you. When you look from heaven, you don't see multitude of us. You see me. You see me. And he knows your name. Bless the Lord somebody. Praise the Lord somebody. If you know the Father knows you and knows just looking at you alone as you're seated here, he doesn't see a congregation of people. He sees my son. He sees my daughter. And he will meet you at your point of need in Jesus' name. So that was the introduction. And verse 19 begins to tell us now. It says, the same day 
at evening. And this is what caught my attention here. Jesus came back to them. And the Bible says, being the first day of the week, the doors were shut for fear of the Jews. And Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, peace be with you. And he went on and said to them, this is my hand. Look at it. This is my side. Look at it. He wanted to show them, confirm to them that he was what alive. I saw this and I, what I saw in that is that God wants you to really believe him. We're praying this morning about knowing him. God is in the interest of the father that you know him. He's not hiding from you. Praise the Lord. The, the, the Bible says if you draw near to God, what is going to happen? He said, God will also what? Draw near to you. You want to know him. God wants you also to to know him. To know him. You know, uh, how many of us went to University of Nigeria? University of Nigeria people here. Okay, just any other person? Uh, What type of people do I have here? You know, the lecturers in University of Nigeria were very wicked. They want you to fail. Have you seen such lecturers? At the start of one of our courses, the Ghanaian lecturer told us that degree is not a mango fruit that you, you, you pluck. In essence, telling us that our degree is like mining gold. And he made it difficult for us. I don't know why that university, they like making things tough. Okay? Jesus doesn't want it to be difficult for you to know him. He wants you to know him. It is the Father's good pleasure to do what? To give you the kingdom. He wants you to know him. So he appeared and he showed them. He showed them, said, this is my hand. This is my sign. Look at it. And then after that, he now gave the announcement. He said to them, as the Father has sent me, what do I do? He says, I also send you. Now, 22 goes on. And 22 says, and when he has said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, when you see the statement, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. You know, it's, it sounds, it's a nice rhyme. As the Father has sent me, so send I you. If you're doing a rap, it will go. But you see, you're Jesus, I'm not Jesus. Praise the Lord. You're the Son of God, I'm not the Son of God. So how can you send me like we are not made? Praise the Lord. I mean, it's a simple thing. But the next line answers the question. What does the next line say? He said, he breathed on them and said what? Receive the Holy Spirit. Now, when you see that, you see that he means what he says. Why? Because the Bible tells us how God anointed who? Jesus Christ of Nazareth with what? The Holy Ghost and power who went about. So, if he sends me and he gives me his Holy Spirit, then he really means what he's saying. I'm saying that to say to us here this morning that you must never take yourself You must never belittle who you are. The Father believes in you. Praise the Lord. The Father believes in you. He he has committed the same assignment, the agency that the Son of God came to the earth to accomplish. He has said you can accomplish that. Praise the Lord. If there is any reason to raise your head high and walk about, you should know that you are commissioned agent of the God Almighty. Praise the Lord. As the Father sent Jesus, so he has sent us. Praise the Lord. And he didn't send us and leave us. He sent us and gave us what? The Holy Spirit. Now, you know, um, uh, somebody told me that one of the reasons why some, you know, people preach a lot of prosperity in church is because this work is not easy without money. I hope you know that. Okay? And some people have said that, um, that anointing without money is what? Annoyance, don't mind all of them. They are not telling you the truth. 
The only equipment you need for this work is what? Has been given to us. It is who? The Holy Spirit. Let, let, let me take time, time and prove that to us. In Genesis 1-2, put it on the screen so we'll look at it. Genesis 1, 1 and 2. It says the earth was what? Without form and void and darkness was what? On the face of the deep. Now, this is the condition of the earth. The second part says what? And the spirit of God was what? Hovering over the face of the waters. Now, what does the next verse say? It says, verse 3, says, Then God said, under the environment where the Holy Spirit was, what God said, how much money did they need to buy light? Did they buy generator? Did they do privatization? Do they do solar? The moment the Spirit of God is there, in obedience, whatever you are set out to do, God will see that it is worked out in the name of Jesus. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So he gave them the most important resource. They received the Holy Spirit. But for emphasis, because some of us may still not understand, I'm going somewhere. Praise the Lord. I'm going somewhere, so I want to lay the foundation. In Matthew 7, 11, where from verse 9, 10, and 11, our Lord Jesus had taught us. He said, if you, if which of you, you know, Father, will his son ask for fish? You give him a serpent, ask for egg, you give him scorpion and all of that. And in verse 11, he said to us, he said, if we, being evil, know how to what? Give good gifts to our children. How many parents there give bad gifts to their children? We all give good gifts. Isn't that what we do? And now we are evil. So evil people can give good gifts. Praise the Lord. So he says, now what does he say? How much more, what, will your father who is in heaven... Uh, uh, message, I like the way message puts that. He said, how much more will your father who conceived you in love? Look at the second part f- from message. He said, so don't you think the God who did what? Conceived you in love. I've said it here, but just for, for reminder. Do you know that in law, an adopted child has better protection than a natural born child? You know why? Because an ad- a natural born child could come by accident. Praise the Lord. They are unwanted, unquote, natural born children. But nobody adopts a child by accident. And when you go for adoption, part of the condition is that the child you adopt, you cannot disown. Now, that is saying something to us. If God chose us and adopted us, it means that he factored. You see, some people have children, they can't raise them. Nobody adopts a child and not able to. Before people adopt children, they set aside what they'll use to raise the children. I get what I'm saying. So he says, so don't you think God who conceived you in love, it's not because they, they were loving themselves that you came out. No, it was thought out. Praise the Lord. He fashioned you. He looked at you and said, this one will come into my kingdom. Now, Jesus says to them, don't you think that God will do what? Do better. Now, let's look at the same passage, the same statement in Luke eleven thirteen. here. Luke eleven thirteen quickly. The same thing. It says, as bad as you are, okay, is that this all right? If you then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more? Let's read that part together, everybody. How much more will your heavenly father give what? So we see that the very thing that was called good things in Matthew. What is Luke calling it? The Holy Spirit. Because when you have the Holy Spirit, what do you have? In the natural, it's almost, but it doesn't capture it at all. In the natural, it's like saying when you have money. 
You know, sometimes when you're traveling, you pack a lot of things in the bag. You know, some of us pack all kinds of things. The reason you're packing so many things to travel to Lagos anywhere is because you're not very rich. There's a type of money you have. When you get to the airport, you see things in the airport, you wonder who buys it. Isn't it? It's people who have money. You see things in the hotel, say, who will come to the hotel and do shopping? So some people come there just with money. In the morning, they buy boxer. They buy two, but you pack, some even pack food. <laughs> do you understand? But if you have enough money, I'm telling you, anywhere you land, you just buy. Praise the Lord. So he's saying, he's saying here that how much more will what, God give the Holy Spirit? And when you have the Holy Spirit, whatever good thing you need, what you can acquire. Praise the Lord, somebody. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying to us. That's what he was saying to them. Receive the Holy Spirit and be enabled to function in the calling that I've called you. And the next verse took it further and even made it more elaborate for us. In 23, we're back to John 20, 23. He said, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiving them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. This is a powerful statement. Praise the Lord. This is a powerful statement. Recently, somebody, a friend of mine, told me that one of the most powerful persons in any government is the attorney general. Do you know that somebody cannot really be sentenced without the attorney general sign off? No matter what they do, go back and forth. He said the attorney general holds things and suspends court judgments without, there are some we hear in the news, but say this person has power. Because he controls the law. He can keep a man who is supposed to be in jail walking free. He can keep a man who is supposed to be free in jail. Why? He is the attorney general of the federation or the state. Now, when God says, if you retain the sins of any, it is retained. If you remit the sins of any, do you know the power you are carrying? Praise the Lord. I dare believers, do you know the power you are carrying? The power to look at a man... And, you know, be able to cause his sins to be, you know, remitted. Now, how is that power transmitted? Anybody knows? Is it by, do you blow it on the person? How do you do that? The, the, the Bible says, the, 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 uh, the Apostle Paul speaking says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is what? The power of God unto salvation. On Wednesday, these are the things we learn on Wednesday. On Wednesday, we learn that that power of God unto salvation talks about the authority for someone to be saved. So the, the licensed authority to make a man to be saved is in the gospel. That's why in the account of um, Cornelius, Cornelius was a devout man. He was a giver. He was fasting. He had everything right. But Cornelius cannot be saved. And this is what I tell us about our Muslim friends and you know, relatives and all of that. Without Jesus, there is no name given under heaven by which men should be saved. Except what? The name of that is the only way. Now, if a man in whatever measure attains to what level, you know the mercy God will send the person. The mercy God will send the person is that the mercy of God will send the gospel to the person. And that was what happened with Cornelius. What did they say to Cornelius? An angel appeared to him, but he didn't get saved. When the angel appeared, what did the angel say? The angel said, send for Peter. Send for Peter. That's what the Bible is saying here. God is saying, I cannot save anybody unless I use you. Send for Peter Cornelius. By the actions of those men, 
Cornelius may have even been a better person than Peter. But Peter had the Holy Spirit and Peter had the power to remit sins. As long as Cornelius was doing what he was doing, he was still estranged, an enemy to the covenant. Why? Because the blood had not been applied on him and the Holy Spirit had not been given to him. So God said, send for Peter. And when Peter came, look at his testimony. Before he opened his mouth, the Holy Spirit fell because they were just waiting for him to connect the light. Now, child of God, can I tell you something? If you're listening to me here, you are Peter to somebody. And Jesus wants to send you. Let, let, let me help us understand how important what I'm talking about is. Because I'm tired of believers envying unbelievers. I'm tired of Christians envying the world. I'm tired of sins, you know, envying the sinners. You, you are not in the same level. Don't measure yourself at all. Where you are, you're seated in heavenly places. Far above what? Principal, you're, that is where you are really seated. You know, in Psalm 49, please, can you give us Psalm 49? And if you have the Living Bible, the Living Bible, if you don't have the Living Bible, you can give us the Passion Translation for it. But we can read New King James, why? Psalm 49, verse 6 to 9. You can give us New King James first if you're still searching for the other one. It says, those who trust in their world and boast in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means do what? Redeem his brother nor give to God a ransom for him. Eight. For the redemption of their souls is what? And it shall cease forever. Nine. That they should continue to live eternally and not see the peace. Only Christians with the gospel communicated can make a man to go from living maximum 100 years, 120 years. Uh, Prince who died the other day, 99. You know, only the gospel can give a man eternal life. And what the Bible is saying here from verse 8, you know, from, from, from verse 8. It says the redemption of souls is what? It's costly. Thank you, the Living Bible. Okay, let's read it from 6 again. Let's read 6. And I'd like you to please read with me. Are we ready? Okay, let's read. Okay. It says, the psalmist here was talking about the unbelievers. It said they trust in their wealth and boast about how rich they are. Yet, not one of them, though rich as kings can ransom his own brother from the penalty of sin. Let's read that again. It says, though rich as kings can ransom his own brother from the penalty of sin. For what? It says, God's forgiveness does not come that way. God's forgiveness comes with the communication of the gospel of Christ. And only the Christians can do that. It goes on, verse 8. It says, for a soul is far too precious to be ransomed by mere earthly wealth. I've told us here, the enemy knows the treasure you carry more than you do. When an unbeliever as a young lady gives you money and sleeps with you, instead of you winning him to the kingdom with what is uh, uh, priceless, he's winning you over to the kingdom of darkness with what doesn't make sense. How much money can somebody give you? How much money? What is it that somebody can give you? But this, it says, for the soul is far too precious to be ransomed by mere early way. It says, there is not enough. I hope you're seeing it with me. There is not enough how in all the earth to buy eternal life for just one soul. I think somebody should appreciate the Lord. I think somebody should really appreciate the Lord. Anybody born again should appreciate. You can't, I don't pity Christians. 
I pity unbelievers. I'm telling you, this is a, I don't pity Christians. No matter how difficult your life may seem, no matter the experience you may be going through, I know you're richer than you know. You know, the challenge is that we have taken the Bible and instead of reading it with interpretation of the Holy Spirit, we are reading it with interpretation of mammon. So when we see the exceeding greatness of his power, or when we see the hope of his calling, the riches of his glory, we are thinking Naira and Kobo. This is what he's talking about. That do you know that as a Christian now, angels answer to you. Praise the Lord. Do you know as a Christian, the power that is available to you, God will not do anything, he says, unless he reveals it to his servants, his prophet. God requires that he will rule the earth only by you. You may not be in Asherah, but you know what? You are the throne of grace. Your voice is known there. Praise the Lord, somebody. Your voice is known there. You might be the least in your neighborhood. You might be the least in your office. You might be the least. But the path of life depends on what you do. God will pass through you. This is what he's saying. He said, not one. And for many of us who have been blessed with this, for me, I've shared the testimony, the, uh, my own testimony with you. My father would have died and gone to hell if there was nobody like me in the family. He was seeing ghosts. He was seeing demons calling him before he died. He will be sitting with, you know, my brothers like this. And he said, they've come again, they've come again. And when they sent for me, I came, you know, and led him to Christ and prayed with him and came back to Abuja. And those people never came again. I believe he said, he started seeing angels that he now wanted to go with. Now, how much money could I have paid after living 70 something years in life, not saved? And few days or few months or few years before he dies, all of a sudden he's in heaven translated from the kingdom of darkness from the pit of hell to sit at the feet of the master why because he has a son who is born again don't belittle your salvation don't play with it no matter what the world throws at you it doesn't matter where they keep you just know that what you have is too precious that's why they are coming at you so, so our Lord Jesus, you know, gave a, a bit of what the power of the Holy He said, if you remit the sins of any, if you could, you can do a signboard and carry it anywhere. Sin remittance agency. Somebody say, where do you work? He say, I do sin remittance. And the person say, what do you mean? <laughs> you say, you don't understand. It covers transportation. It covers protection. It covers legal cases. You know why? Because for that whole thing to happen, you have to get him an advocate. Isn't it? Jesus becomes his advocate. Isn't it? The Holy Spirit becomes his intercessor. Isn't it? The blood of Jesus washes his sins. Isn't it? His past is wiped. Do you understand what I'm talking about? This is what we have by virtue of the resurrection. So let nobody deceive you. You go home and you sit down and you open your wardrobe. You see your wardrobe or uh, what's the one in the kitchen? Your cabinet, thank you. Cardboard. Is it cardboard or cupboard? The Hebrew translation is cardboard. Okay. You open it and there is no Gary, there is no sugar, there is nothing. And you say God has abandoned you. No, God has not abandoned you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He said if he would not take his Holy Spirit from you, why will it be sugar that he will show his abandonment by? The King David cried to the Lord. He said, restore to me. He was still a king. Restore to me what? The joy of my salvation. Do not take your Holy Spirit. Say that is the most precious thing. And somebody here has the Holy Ghost. Can you celebrate the Lord please? Can you celebrate what you have? And for a married couple with the Holy Ghost in that marriage it will work. 
it will work. It is one language. It doesn't matter whether this person is coming from Shagamu and this person is coming from Okija. When you come together and the Holy Ghost is there, it's one family. If you just keep sensitive to the Holy Spirit, you see that it's going to be beauty, beauty, beauty. And then what will happen is that as you marry and get more in it, you'll be looking younger, you'll be more beautiful, everything will be working. Why? Because he makes all things what? Beautiful. Praise the Lord somebody. Hallelujah. So this is what he said to them in verse 23. And he went on. And after all that happened, from verse 24, says, Thomas was not with them. So they told Thomas, this is what had happened. <laughs> Thomas said, you people are joking. Verse 25, Thomas said, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And the Bible says after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut and stood in the midst again and said, peace to you. But, but let's note something here. Very important so we don't miss it. The first time Jesus appeared to them, Thomas wasn't there. And the Bible said it was that evening, Okay. Now, the next time he appeared again, you know, I, I used to think that Jesus went and looked for Thomas to appear to him. But as I read it now, come with me and see what happens here. And see. Verse 26 says, after eight days, his disciples were again inside. Eight days from that first day is the next gathering of the children of God. People of God, you know, recently coronavirus and all of that has affected the gathering of God's children. But there is no safer place for a Christian to be in these last days than where children of God gather. The Bible tells us and tells us very clearly. Hebrews 10, 25, you can put that on the screen. It says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves, what? Together. Do not forsake. Let's read it to everybody. It says, not forsaking the assembling, not the isolation of yourself. The assembling of yourselves, what? together as is the manner of some you will not be that some in jesus name he said but what exhorting one another why sorry thomas missed the first gathering he was there the second gathering and that was where jesus i I used to think that jesus looked for thomas and said thomas come and see no jesus came to where he should be and thomas were where he should be and then the two encounter may you be where you should be in the name of jesus and like we mentioned in passing this evening, the married men are going to be meeting. When the married men meet, be with us, please. Don't be with where the unmarried men are. And then tomorrow you say something has happened to you. When the uh, unmarried women meet, um, uh, kingdom ladies met yesterday, all the ladies in the church, you should be there. The, the, these are provisions that God has made to meet with you. He says, where two or more are gathered together, my name, what is happening there? They play football there. No, where two or more are gathered together in my name, what is happening? It says, where two or more are gathered together in my name, what does it say? It says, I am there. Every gathering that identifies with you, don't miss it for no reason. If you're missing it, make sure you have strong reasons. So if it's the women, be there. If it is your married, be there. If it is the men, be there. Whatever it is, be there. And God will honor your obedience in the name of Jesus Christ. So the Bible says, Jesus appeared and now addressed Thomas and said to Thomas, Thomas, come. He said, reach your finger here and look at my hands. Reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but what? Be believing. And Thomas said, my Lord and my God. When I read this, I thank God for his mercy. You see, I can't emphasize this enough. God wants you to succeed. Praise the Lord. 
If it were men at this point, Thomas would have been disqualified. You know that. A mere king, I rose. You're doubting me. <laughs> that is your end. But Jesus was patient. And he met Thomas at his level. He said to Thomas, is that what you need? He said, okay, that, 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 you can have it. Look at it here. Look at it here. Touch it and all of that. And, and Thomas confirmed now. He said, my Lord and my God. But Jesus said something, verse 29. Jesus said something. He said to Thomas, he said, because you have seen me, you have believed. Isn't that? But what did he say? He said, blessed are those what, who have not seen and yet have believed. It means that God has two categories of people. There are those who, what, unless they see before they believe. But he said, I'm more excited and there's a blessing for what? Those who not seen what have believed. Which category do we believe in? Do we belong to? We belong to the category world who having not seen what have believed. So I know that you and I will be blessed in Jesus' name. And for the things that we've committed into God's hand, let us shift away from Thomas. Let us shift to the place of believing. So we can enter into that blessedness. Uh, uh, this was supposed to be for another Sunday, but I can throw it in here. The Lord was ministering to me and said, you know, telescope. How many of us know what a telescope is? Telescope is an object, a device that you can use and see what? And see objects that are very far and see the stars, you know, millions of miles away. He said faith is like a telescope. The only difference is that whereas telescope brings distant objects near, you know what faith shows you? Faith shows you things that are far away in time. And with the eyes of faith, when you look at a situation, it is no longer far, it becomes there. When you look at something on the telescope, do you say until you touch it before you confirm it's there? The moment you see all the things they show us and tell us there are this number of planets and galaxies and all of that, have men gone there and touched them because they've seen them through what? The telescope. The same way, faith, what, is the substance of what things are. By the eyes of faith, you can look into your future. And see what God has written concerning you. You don't wait till you go there and touch it. Faith collapses time. So that what is tomorrow can become now. And you can enter into it. That's why God said to Abraham. Abraham today. Go and announce to your neighbors. Your name is no longer Abraham. You're not just mighty exalted father without offspring. Go and tell them your name is Abraham. Father of what? Multitude. And when Abraham went and said, my name is no longer Abraham, they said, hallelujah, how many children did Sarah have? He said, Sarah shall have many children, but call me Abraham today. And people were laughing at him behind his back. All those who laughed at him today, what are we calling ourselves? Children of Abraham. Because faith collapsed time. May your faith be increased in Jesus' name. I say, may your faith be increased in Jesus' name. Somebody is crying, but if you could look with the eyes of faith, you will be rejoicing now. So, so, so these things happen, and verse 30 and 31, 30 and 31 says, And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. This is the intent. It's always good to look for intent in whatever you do. And uh, for, for us, living in the time that we live in, I want to encourage us to always ask this question, no matter what is going on. What, what is the intent? When I watch movies, I ask, what is the intent? 
even when someone is cracking a joke, I ask what is the intent. You know why? There is really not everything that is happening in this world is intentional. Now, if you're not awake to the intention, then you can easily be misled or be directed to the end of the plan from the beginning. Many years ago, if you remember, all of a sudden, when they did movies and um, series and all of that, you realize that the normal people, first of all, they attacked fathers. Fathers were always useless and all of that. Mothers were the cool people. And then the next one they started doing was that they started bringing in very nice people in the offices. And these nice people, considerate people, compassionate people, you know who they were? They were either lesbians or homosexuals. All that was with an intent. And then the people who were normal were shown to be judgmental. That was, a, that was a, a program trying to soften the hearts of people, you know, to lower their guards. And these things have gone over time that, I mean, that's what you immediately imagine. So when you, somebody is homosexual, you think the person is nice. And then even the world has taken it a notch. So if there is somebody who has to do nice designs of fashion, the person has to be some homosexual. If there is somebody who is going to do cake that is very nice, the person has to be homosexual. If there is somebody who is, I mean, it, it, it's just crazy. But this is what the world does. They know where they are going and they start on time and programming. Now the Bible says the things which are written, they were written what? With the intention that you may believe. And that believing, what should you do? You may have life. That's where I'm going. You may have life in his name. The gospel is not just a story. It is something that should make you live your life differently. Praise the Lord. It should make me live my life differently. It should make you respond to stimulus differently. It should make you respond to insults differently. It should make you respond to, uh, 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 what is it? Whatever it is, circumstances of life, differently. That's what these things are written to influence you. Now, let's see what happened after that 21 and we'll try and round up from there quickly. Basically, what 21 said was, after these things had happened, about a week later, verse 2 says, Simon Peter, Thomas, the one that had now believed, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, that's James and John, and told of his disciples were together. As these people were together, I don't know what their conversation was, but obviously, this group of disciples in this junk meeting at this juncture were not talking about Peter's experience walking on water. They were not talking about the five loaves and two fish that was multiplied to feed the multitude. No, they weren't talking about they, they, were, they weren't even talking about the, the stone that was rolled away from the mouth of the tomb. They weren't talking about Lazarus that was raised from the dead. I don't know what they were talking about. How do I know? Because in their discussion, we see that what happened there in verse 3 was that Simon Peter said, I beg, I did go fishing. Are you with me? Now, Simon Peter had been a fisherman probably for most of his life. Whatever conversation that we are having, unfortunately, had not begun to impact who Peter was then. Peter recalled to who he was. They say old habits do what? Die hard. I pray that your old habits will die quickly in Jesus' name. But the long of it is that Peter, with the resurrected Christ in their neighborhood, they said what we now do now is go back to where we used to be before. What a sad situation. And that is what I don't want to happen to you and I. This year's resurrection. We will not go back in Jesus' name. 
If you get the messages that we, I recommend, listen to them over. Let your life not be the same. The Bible says, Romans 1, 4, you can put it for us on the screen. It says, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has been declared to be the Son of God with power. With power. With power. With the resurrection, God has shown us that we don't need permission to live victoriously. We don't need everybody to agree with us to live a a victorious Christian life. He says, and declare to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. By that resurrection, and we learned that that power is talking about force, dynamo, dynamite. It means you can accomplish what God said concerning you. It means that there is no gang up of hell. That can stop you from fulfilling your purpose. It means that as a child of God, he says, he's saying, if any two shall agree, isn't it? Concerning anything, he said, it shall be done by my Father in heaven. It means that the devil's power over your life, over habits that you're in, over circumstances, has been what? Broken. Power has been made available to us. It means that my, my mood is no longer subject to my environment. I can be like the Apostle Paul who will be in prison and write a letter and say rejoice. And again I say what? Well, you see, if, if anybody can control your mood, that person still has power over it. Do you know that? Those are the things we have as Christians. You, you can't be moved anyhow. Self-control. You, you can control yourself. You can hold yourself. And you can also move yourself when you need to move. Not depending on the things that are around you. But by the word of God. That's what it says. That you may have life. A life that is no longer living by you. But you're living this life by Christ who was raised for you. This is what it says. So we see here Peter's last experience that we know. I want you to follow me. Peter's last experience that we know. You know of fishing. You know the last fish he caught that was recorded. It was the fish that he opened his mouth to bring money. Go to pay tax. Now, how come does this same Peter wants to go back to needing to catch 70 fish to be able to buy bread? Are you getting what I'm saying? God had taken him to such a level, but because he forgot where he had been taken from, he forgot the experiences, he forgot all the miracles. This same Peter walked on water, now he's going by canoe. He didn't remember it. And we look at it now, I'm coming to challenge you and I. That we will not go back to where we used to be. We will go forward in the name of Jesus Christ. We will press forward to the mark of the upward call which we have been called in Christ Jesus. We can't go lower. He has died. He's alive. He has given us his Holy Spirit like we saw. He said, I've sent you. I'm no longer in the world where people around me should pity me. I should be in an environment where I'm salt and light, where I'm diffusing the fragrance of Christ. Everywhere that I go, I become an answer. The wisdom of God is in me. I provide solutions. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Peter said, let us go fishing. And because all of them had no memory, they had nothing to push forward. They all went fishing. But as the, the, the mercy of God helped them to fail. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? What did I say? Yes, because many of us are not succeeding, unquote, because we are unmindful of our callings. We are unmindful. We, the women spend time teaching us on purpose. We are not fulfilling purpose. Do you think that coming to church and sitting down for two hours once a week is your purpose? You think you do God a favor by that? It's not enough. Th- th- these men were master fishermen. 
But once again, they went out and from the night, it was in the night when they went. And from night again till morning, they didn't catch one. Praise the Lord. Not one. This reminds me of some, I don't know if you've had that experience, but I don't think, I can't remember having it. And I'm sure none of you ever, ever had it. You know how someone writes an exam? Writes an exam, writes an exam. And then the teacher goes through four pages and puts zero. I don't understand. At least, even if, even you're a teacher, you're laughing. But, but it's, at least for identifying the question to the answer, uh, you ask what are the seven advantages of uh, industrialization? The seven advantages of industrialization. At least one mark for that. Does it mean that the person took your question and even failed to? <laughs> Do you understand? All night and caught nothing. There are some failures that are spiritual. There are some failures that are like God sending an angel to block the ass of Balaam so that the ass would not go either to the left or to the right. There are some failures that are the mercy of God saying, I won't let you go there. All night they caught nothing. Why? Because they were living below their calling. They were going below. John had told us all these things were recorded. That they may have life in his name. But they decided to have life as fishermen. This was their goal. They left and said, let us catch fish. That's our desire. But remember in Luke chapter 5 from verse 1 to 11. Jesus has said to them in verse 10. He said, from this time onwards, you will not just catch fish. You're going to what? Catch men. But they said, no, we don't want to catch men. Just like we're learning here. The goal of every Christian in any environment you find yourself should be salvation of whoever you're dealing with. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm not saying all of you, because if all of us become just... Uh, Preachers only like me, hunger will kill us. Praise the Lord. So you do business, you prosper. You buy and sell, you prosper. But what I'm saying is that as you're buying and selling, your ultimate goal, because you carry the Holy Ghost, will not be just to make money. So it means that like we learned, I think it was last time, you might lose some money to win a soul. You might not take advantage of some opportunities because you're running from temptation. How many of us know that we are to run from temptation? The anointing we carry does not say look for temptation. It says flee. Praise the Lord. We flee from temptation. So, so, so this is what was happening here. Peter and his group, heaven said, look at. These men are supposed to turn the world upside down. And they're looking to go and get, they catch fish and then they set up shade. And start selling fish. Heaven said, we know God allowed this one they drove away all the fish and they labored and they labored this reminds me also of Jonah some of us are going in a direction contrary to where God called us and we are telling the sailors labor more the more they told, what does the Bible say the more the sea became boisterous Why? because when heaven opposes you just repent just repent but can I tell you something it's a good thing for heaven to oppose you because it means heaven is still interested in you. Because the Balaam we are talking about, at a time, heaven stopped opposing him. And he started prospering. And the Bible says, he died with the Midianites. He died the death of the wicked. That will not be a portion. I would rather God opposes me and I stay in abject poverty and I'm still in his plan. 
than God allows me. And I enter into where the Bible calls the prosperity of the wicked. Where the Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end one leads to destruction. I don't want, I rather that God, so some of us, the mercy of God is, you know, hedging us in. Why? Because he can see that there is still light. Anyway, so that was how this man taught. Till morning, they caught nothing. And the master came. So loving. Praise the Lord. So gentle. So beautiful. Jesus came and said to them, verse 5, he just said to them, children, he didn't ask them details. He said, do you have any food? Simple. He said, all this year, you know, waka about. Eh? Some of us, we, we've written 77 proposals, but we have never even added anything in the kingdom of God. We are, we are plotting. We are strategizing. We are doing all of that. He said, children, do you have what? Any food? Is there any result with all your effort? What have you brought forth? Sister, with your short skirt and your eyelash that is like a cool cover. Do you have any food? With all the pictures you're posting on social media. Naked pictures. What do you have to produce? That's what he's saying. Praise the Lord. Has the ways of the world brought result? Some brother, brother, you beat your wife for seven years now. Have you beat her to submission or is her mouth getting longer? Do you have any food? Is it working? Is it working? That, that's the question she Is it working? People of God, you see, the, the ways of God are beautiful. The, the Bible says the word of God is like silver tested in the furnace seven times. The word of God works. I'm telling you, it, the word of God works. Follow the way of the word of God. It works. It works. All the money you're, you're stealing from the office. Are you rich? I, I, can you retire? Dan Gote is still fighting with Boa over sugar. He has cornered cement. He wants sugar. Is he rich? You know, so I don't know how people can call Dan Gote and envy him. The man is poorer than you. He, how much do you need, sir? If they gave you five million grand now, you make a robot, have you? If they gave Dangote 5 million now, he will fight you. What is the measure of your poverty? It is how much you need. If I need 5 million to lift me to where I can breathe well, and another person needs 5 billion to lift him where to, to where he can breathe well, who is poorer? People, do you, you don't, didn't you do mathematics? If you are adding to a negative figure, you need more. The measure of your poverty is what you need. When someone comes and says to you, only Jesus. How does that sound? If you take the whole world, I just want Jesus. Isn't the person richer than the person that has a long list? Do you get what I'm talking about? Anyway, I just want to round up. Jesus sent me to tell you that the way you have been doing it, do you have any food? Can you go back home and say, this is working? But if it's not working, if we go home, read the rest of that story. Verse 6 says, he said to them, he said, cast the net on your right side. That's talking about come to the right hand side of God. Come to the place where God has said you should be. He said, position yourself in the proper place. We talked about the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. There is a perfect will of God. There, there is provision. 
There there is peace. There there is joy. There there is love. There there is no striving. There the Lord embraces you. You sit at his feet, surrounded by his mess. There there is contentment. There there is fulfillment. There there is, there is happiness. He said, cast your He said, come, children. He said, on the right side. The same side I told you a few years ago. Is that same side. And the Bible says, as they cast their net on that same side, what happened? All the fish they were looking for, they found it. Let's bow our heads as we go to the Lord in prayer. I want you to thank the Lord today for his love. For his love. For his interest. That's what caught me on this story. Jesus appeared specifically to redirect them. He appeared to tell them, no. Somebody say, uh, uh, Pastor, I must marry. The, the, the man, boyfriend or man friend or woman friend that you be, has he brought marriage? Has he brought satisfaction? Has he helped? You, you can't go on being foolish. How long will you be foolish? How long? Jesus is calling you. He's saying, come to the right side. Come to the right side of the word of God. Come to the right side of Christ. I've loved you. No one can love you like I do. I've demonstrated my love. Nobody can demonstrate that love like I do. I've given you the Holy Spirit. Nobody can give you his spirit. I've sealed you with my spirit. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. What what more can a man do? What more can God do? He became a man so that he can show us how much he loves us. I, I, I want you to say to him, Lord, I thank you. And the next thing I just want you to do is, Lord, I will trust in you. That's all I come to say. He said that all these things were written, that you may believe and that you may have life. Lord, I trust you. Let me live my life, my Christian life. Let me live my life as a businessman. Child of God, exaltation comes from heaven. God can open a door for you and in one moment... He will bring you into levels of business that you've never imagined. God can give you an idea as an entrepreneur that if you follow, you will experience prosperity that you've never imagined. But it's on the right side. It's the side of fellowship. It's the side continuing with what he has begun to do already in you and for you. It's the side of his word, the side of his promises. What did he die for? What did he rise again for? He died that men might know him and he's commissioned you. What are you doing with the commission, sir? What are you doing with the commission, sister? God is saying, you are my battle axes. You are my vessels. You are my agencies. I want you to tell the Lord, I will trust in you. I will trust in you. And somebody here, I want to pray with somebody here. Who is saying, pastor, all these things you said, it talks about me. I want to surrender my life to Jesus today. I, I, want, I want to get this journey right from the start. I want my sins forgiven. I, I see now that it's a great privilege to have sins forgiven. No money, no experience can pay for sins, can ransom sins. Jesus came. For this reason, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of darkness. Today, Jesus, I've come to you. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm in need. I'm in need. Every area, I need you. I need you to touch me. I need you to cleanse me. I need you to heal me. I need you to set, to, to set my mind at rest. He will do that. 
If you call on him, is there any person here who is saying, Jesus, I want to surrender my life to you. I want to pray with you quickly. If you're here, if you can raise your hand so I can see you. Anywhere you are, you can raise that hand. You can raise that hand so I can pray with you. Even if you're in the uh, um, overflow, I can pray with you. Jesus is here. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I raise you. Come, come, my brother. Sorry, I didn't see the hand on time. Come, please. If you're raising that hand, come. There's a little child raising. You can come. You can come. Come, come. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you. Okay, that, that's all right. Can we all rise on our feet now? Can we please have the same Romans 1, 4 on the screen? I want you to pray for power to live this life. I want you to pray for power. I want us to receive, it said, these things are written that we might believe in him. And then that we might have life in his name. I want us to receive the grace. The Romans 1 4 says, Declare to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection. From. And verse 5 says that we have received, through Him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith. It, it means we receive grace and apostleship to function in this faith. Praise the Lord. Where you and I become indeed victors, champions. Victorious over the devil, praise the Lord, over the works of darkness, over every circumstance and situation. I want you to ask the Lord, you gave me the Holy Spirit. Today, I want to walk in the power from this day, in the power of the Holy Spirit, in both little things and big things. In every area of my life, I want insight, I want divine communication. You know, you you hear people say, and the Lord told me. Lord, I want to hear you so I can say the Lord told me. Better still to hear you so I can obey, not to say the Lord told me. Lord, I I, I want your power functioning in my life. Yes, I want you to ask the Lord. I want you to ask the Lord for the enablement, the supply of his spirit. Lord, help me. And, and, And somebody came to church today. And you're sick in the body. That power heals also. He said, you and I have been authorized to go and lay hands on the sick. And they will recover. If I'm sick and I have the hands, then I can receive that healing myself. I can receive direction. I can receive instruction. We learn that Jesus Christ has become for us wisdom from God. He has become for us righteousness. He has become for us sanctification. And he has become for us redemption. I receive instruction. I receive wisdom. I receive clarity as a child of God. No longer confused. I receive direction. Power. To live the resurrected life. So I don't go back to fishing. I want you to desire. That my life will not be lived the same way. Just the level where I was. No. 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 Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Help me. 
Lord, help me. Help me to live in what they may call redemption realities. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Father, I thank you. Begin to thank him. Begin to thank him. The Bible says in Acts 4, 33. It says, and with great power. You can put it on the screen for us. Acts 4, 33. It says, and with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection. I want you to, to begin to confess that I myself, I will give witness to his resurrection. Peter and the disciples going back to fishing was as though Jesus never rose. That's why he came and restored them and said, no, no, no. That's not my call. That's not what you're going to do. And he sent them to the upper room. From the upper room, the whole nation knew that Jesus had risen through the same men. The Lord will use you. The Lord will use you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen, somebody. Hallelujah. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikenao Keke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.